Welcome to the After Hour Sessions Podcast. This is your host, D-Rock. And today, I am honored, humbled to be with someone who is a legend in the industry, legend in the session wrestling industry, legend in bodybuilding, legend in motivational speaking, just someone overall just badass. And I got the honor to meet her last year, and this is just like, I'm pinching myself because not only is she on the show, which is cool, but we get to do it in person. So I have the legendary KO with me, and I want to thank you so much. I know you're busy, so for taking the time to come on After Hour Sessions podcast. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. We've been trying to set this up for two years. I yeah. Think. Yeah. First was with Hans. Yep. You were in Australia. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, we met last year. Um, and I sat down for your, your documentary, which was cool, like a cool experience. Yeah. And then now, so like this is just, uh, I'm like, this is actually happening. This is cool. <laughs> this is Patience cool. Patience pays off. You're very flexible. And, you know, I was just like, I'm hard to pin down, you know. So oh, yeah. Well, you're, you're a busy woman. Yeah. You are a busy woman. So how are you? I'm good. I'm currently, as you can see, icing my shoulder of, uh, you know, I was pushing uh overhead pressing a 150 pound guy earlier he was kind of jerking around a little bit and you oh know. i mean i'm pushing 42 now so it's like i feel like i've gotten obviously better with age you know i've gotten stronger i've gotten more skilled right i somehow have not like for the amount of drugs i've done have not aged terribly bad you know no, like, no, i no. look at some of my peers and I'm like damn you know like, <laughs> shit you should put that mess down a long time ago <laughs> but not drinking I think plays a, a really big part obviously um so I I feel like I've gotten better with time but I will say you know it's frustrating to like get all these little niggles and you know I am just looking at this tour coming up I'm going as five different countries Wow. And I'm on the road for 30 days, and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I'm not 30 years old anymore, you know? So yeah. it's it definitely, uh, it, it, I, I still enjoy it and love it. But, yeah, I'm like, just had the realization after I flew out to Atlanta from Vegas. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, aside aside from all that, I'm, I'm pretty good. Okay. Now, first is I'm still impressed but I've seen you on, you know, your Instagram page and Twitter and stuff. So I know you still do it, but a lot of people who do sessions who used to do lift and carry kind of like stopped or they have a so do you have like a weight limit now? You said a 150 guy pound guy overhead press is very impressive. And like is that something like you always want to keep doing or are you starting to kind of rethink like maybe I got to readjust the back lift? Yeah. Bit. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, you know, if, who knows? I know no limits, you know? I guess that's why I'm, like, forever an addict through and through. But, I mean, as far as, like, cradles and piggybacks and shoulder rides and all that stuff, like, 200 pounds is easy sailing. But, yeah, like, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, things like doing overhead presses and stuff just because there's so much involved with your shoulders that, you know, it's really easy to get injured. And it's funny cause yeah. you know, it's a, it's always seems to be the lift and carry guys that want to fucking barter as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> do you not understand? 
this is like the most strenuous amount of work because you know grappling wise it's rare that I go up against somebody that's difficult mm-hmm. you know especially since I started training no gi uh, consistently like it's gotten a lot easier okay so the more I train the the longer I think I'll be able to go yeah but yeah it's definitely like the lift and carry stuff where you gotta you know be mindful is uh is is overhead press for lift and carry is that like the holy grail yeah that's the whole that's what i think too yeah i love lift and carry too yeah so i always think yeah that's like that's the that's the one like if you can pull that off that's like oh yeah so somebody wants to fly me up to uh seattle i think it is he wants me to gorilla press him wow and i was like uh sure i can we can give it a go but you know after today i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah um so something that for me because i think i might said this to you when we met last year is when i first saw you it was for me being a fan of ct fletcher following Mm. his youtube page and I saw you there, you and Allie, like, first appeared. I'm like, oh, these, these ladies are awesome. I, mean, I want to, you know, me and my mind go. So I'm like, let me deep dive more into them. And that's where I was like, oh, KO, Courtney, she's great. But it was years later when I found out that you were even into, like, the, the mixed wrestling, you know, session wrestling domination world and that was like way after i was already a fan of yours oh that's so funny <laughs> so like that that for me it was it was opposite that was like by like a happy surprise so right right like how and the thing i gotta be honest so for people you guys can't see but i'm pulling up <laughs> courtney's book crushing it how i smashed diet culture addiction and the patriarchy so i don't i'm not gonna i'm be real with her like i have a cheat here because i have her book but <laughs> I just for our audience, like how how did you find out about this world? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I found, as you know, an ad on Craigslist, and I was selling cars at the time. And I was, you know, prior to that, uh, doing like a bunch of, like topless modeling and right. you know implied nude and stuff like that. Um, I did some more risque stuff when I was younger before when I was smoking meth and then you know I found myself after being clean I got clean July 4th or July 5th 2007 off meth and then thank you 90 days went by give or take and I ended up hurting my back and um I got on pain pills and that like morphed into a pretty gnarly addiction I mean like it was manageable but um you know, I was always looking for extra cash mm-hmm. and I was on there looking for, you know, like modeling gigs. And I saw Rick Dobbins had posted, you know, a muscular calf video shoot. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Are you serious? I was like, well, this must be porn. I was like, let me take a picture of my calves and shit. And so I did and I sent it to him. And next thing I knew, he was up in my office and because I just absolutely hated my job i was a you know internet sales manager for nine car dealerships and it just felt so stuck like doing that whole nine to five and you know of course taking pain pills like i was not working a program of recovery and just feeling really 
shitty. Like I had no self-love. I had no direction. I had no purpose. And um, it was just a really shitty time. So coming across that, it was kind of serendipitous because I had no idea what it was going to lead to. I just was like, fuck, 100 bucks an hour. Like, sign me up. Right. And, um, you know, from there, like, I I went down to his place. And then Trey came through from FemFlex. And, like, we did a shoot uh, at the same time, like, after Rick had did some filming. And I'm like, so what? You want? He was like, okay, you know, calling out, like, front double bicep. And I'm like, a what? <laughs> I, just, I just had no clue. And then Kelly, his, Rick's wife, came home from the gym or she was training somebody. And then she was talking about a session she had later on that night, like a, a foot session. And I'm like, what? Wait, what do you mean? Somebody's going to pay you to, like, worship your feet like is this real life i was like yeah okay worship your feet Uh (laughs) uh-huh you know because you just you just don't have a clue and this was 2008 i want to say if not it was definitely 2009 pretty sure it was like the end of 2008 and back then this was before instagram and you know facebook like i just got on on facebook in 2008 but you don't realize at that time like what all this stuff is whereas now I think you know a lot of women are more exposed to the fact that the world is not what we think it is and beauty is not you know it's on the cover of a magazine so this whole experience wasn't just like oh wow cool it's a little side hustle like it revolutionized my life because it allowed me to see that everything was a facade in regards to what I thought was desirable and beautiful. But the fucked up thing is, is even, you know, whilst doing sessions for like that year and a half and still using pain pills, I was not a fan of myself, if you will. Like I'd hear, I was bodybuilding, you know, I was weight training And uh, it's not like I was out of control. Like, I was very functional at Mm -hmm. it. And, um, you know, guys would hear, like, oh, muscle goddess. And how great I was, you know. I was fucking KO, you know. And new new on the scene, didn't fuck with gear. So I was very feminine and young. And uh, then guys would leave, and I would just be stuck back with my thoughts yeah you know so I had no idea of like well, why can't I stay happy and like, why why are all these guys seeing all this like amazing shit about me and being like oh my god you know because I was truly interested as well like I I love people and I'm very much a empath and you know um, extrovert and so I would yeah. so you're naturally curious yeah yeah I was like how the fuck did you get into as you probably read like how'd you get into ball busting like uh, like you're an accountant like right, right. what you know this like cute little Puerto Rican guy and um he was like you know yeah I saw a can rolling around the street like an aluminum can and a car drove by and crushed it and he remembered getting turned on and I think he said it was with his parents and then that just kind of one thing led to another and I'm like, wow, this shit is so fascinating. And, you know, like the guy I had today with the lift and carry stuff, he said he was embarrassed too and that always makes me sad. Like, even just saying that, it makes, like, I feel 
tears well up in my eyes, which is super fucking bizarre. It's like I feel his shame, and I'm like, I'm like, you don't need to be embarrassed, or I'm like, do you understand how big of a and and you know I used to say fetish, but my understanding now is it's a kink, yeah, like, right? Like a fetish is something that you have to have in order to reach sexual climax, mm-hmm. right? And like a, a kink is just something you're kind of into, right? Well, like obviously like really into for some guys, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. fuck, you need to go to Lift and Carry Anonymous, yeah, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> so I can um, be guilty of that sometimes. I can't lie. Sometimes I. I think I've got better, but I, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting. And he said it started, you know, when his sister's friends, when they were younger, would play, like, chicken fights and stuff like that, which I'm imagining was in the water. Yeah, in the pool. Yeah, so, um, and he just, he just loves it. Um, He's like, this will be my last session. And so, of course, unless your friend Sheena comes back, comes out here i'll see her <laughs> yeah. laughed you know <laughs> yeah yeah so uh you know it's it's very it's very interesting but why do you think you um because you've done it and been popular for uh for you know you said 2008 which i hope people get for that's how and we still have such a long way to go but that's not that long ago Right. 2008. And, you know, it's not like, oh, you're going, you know, back like, oh, in the 60s, 2008. And it's still like, it's such a different world. And we've made progress, but still have a long way to go, like long, long. But why do you think you still feel, in your opinion, like when like that guy talks about feeling embarrassed or shamed and like it, I know you're an empath, but like, why do you think it's still, because you you probably, you've heard a lot of stories. Ton. You know? And I, because I've heard a lot, so I know you've right. heard more. So, like, why do you think that still hits you, even now? Uh, because I just I, I feel for men like, and you might have seen me post about this on social media before, where I feel, you know, my heart goes out to men because you carry so much burden in regards to what your societal roles are. And even though for anybody listening that follows me, you know, the last several years have all been about girl and female empowerment and all this kind of stuff, which is, you know, where my heart is and, and I love empowering women and, but, you know, I've kind of fallen back into wanting to work with men because, you know, with women, the drive for me initially was my own body dysmorphia. Because, you know, when I started, like I said, I was so fucked up in the head. Like, I remember getting ready for my first show, and I remember looking down at my abs. I literally had, like, an eight-pack, and I was like, this isn't good enough. This is disgusting. Or, you know, I I remember one time going to Costco, and I wrote about it in the book. Like, I didn't have any jeans that fit. And I just felt like such a fat, disgusting piece of shit. Like, I was so fucked up in my head like I sat down on the floor of the closet and just sobbed and literally was consumed with suicidal thoughts and I'm like it's just you know it's wrapped up with addiction as well and like eating disorders it's all mental illnesses you know Um, so but when I started out doing this stuff I considered it like you know being a men's right activist because one of the only classes I remember from college was men's mental health or was it just men's health actually sorry it was men's health (laughs) how I wound up with that as an elective I'll never know 
<laughs> I might have picked it because the doctor's last name was Dr. Courtenay or something. Oh, okay. Uh, Will, Dr. Will Courtenay. And, uh, you know, learning all these roles and how men have a higher suicide rate. And, you know, one can argue that's because men use more lethal force, such as shotguns versus women mm-hmm. with pills and so forth. But nonetheless, you know, I... I just realized, like, fuck, you guys don't have permission from from society to be vulnerable. And like I said in my posts, I'm like, if my husband came home and had a bad day and was crying and whatever, I'd be like, fucking harden up, dude. You know, even though I love him and I care about him and I, I would be concerned, you know, right, and I right. don't want to see him crying. But there's that subconscious part where we are programmed by societal norms to think like why are you crying you little bitch mm-hmm. and that's so unacceptable but then at the same time you look at where we are with society today and men are being emasculated and you know the um this concept of toxic masculinity it's like all these narratives have popped up yeah and men are now more confused than ever in regards yeah. to well what the fuck am I supposed to be right um you know and women are can do it themselves and so part of me is kind of like swung back the other direction and I'm like well fuck have I played too much of a, a role in you know I, in saying that out loud and I know I didn't even complete my sentence I'm, I'm gonna say I have not because with my female empowerment platform has been more about body acceptance and you know getting outside of the prison of self-pity and right you know it's not been like i don't need a man right you know what i mean because i'm not i'm i i've never really considered myself to be a feminist even though i suppose according to miriam webster technically i am but i also don't agree with you know there's all these different waves and you know yeah. i remember one of the first conspiracy theories i watched was around how feminism was created by the rockefellers to break up the family nucleus and be able to tax the other half of the population right which is super fascinating yeah, it is and the fact that you know i never wanted kids i don't have a motherly instinct in me despite the fact that i'm very uh empathetic and you know, um, caring, I still, I see children and I'm like, eh, you know, like that's not, it's not my jam or I see a pregnant woman like who's really pregnant and I like want to vomit. I'm like, no, no, I know what you, you know what I mean? Like, no, I it's totally, not, uh, it's not my, it's not my thing. My, like, my, my friend Robin is like, because like, she's a great, she's like an awesome aunt and god mom so it's not like the idea of a child is like whoa and i've seen you be like you're a mentor a lot of so it's not like yeah yeah like oh a child why do we even have children on this it's not like that but it's a different i'm an uncle and i don't want to have kids and i love my niece but it's a big difference from being an uncle and i've been a godfather to like being a but it kind of like seeing my brother be a dad i go god bless you i don't want that right like i right. want i want to say see you and i can go home yeah like, put that fucker away yeah yeah, yeah so man. It, but i'm an empathetic person too but it, people don't get it i i like that you said that cuz it's, it's still a difference you know yeah what I mean? 100% like, it is concerning though looking at you know the the plummet in birth rates and you know i i do still 
detest women being told what they can and cannot do with their body Mm -hmm. Uh, you know that is between a woman and her higher power period absolutely you know but i i do think you know i got to a point where i was like ah because i'd kicked around the idea of having kids for a couple of years after you know like i don't know i got to like 38 and ironically it was basically when i hit perimenopause which is quite young for you know Mm -hmm. a woman and i'm kind of coming out the other side of it right now because most women don't start hitting perimenopause until like 50 you know and for me it's like it's been super early but that's hereditary same thing happened to my mom but um i missed the window like my eggs just like up and ran like bye so it it does kind of make me slightly sad because i'm like well fuck i missed i missed that window because i would have uh, you know, you 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 want to see your your genes live on. You know, where you're like, damn, you know, stupid people keep breeding more and more, and you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's I like, know what you mean. Shit, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I just watched you throw a whole bag of McDonald's out of your fucking car window. You cunt. Trust me, I deal. You you heard what? I, and the audience right. has too. What I deal with every day, and a lot of times it is children and youth involved, and this and that, and it's just like you're here to help, and then it gets to being like. I gotta pump the brakes, and it may sound mean, and forgive me if it does, but I have to say, no, I'm here to help when I can. But ultimately, I've had to tell so many people this, KO. I wasn't there when you made the child. I didn't get any of the fun you had or whatever when you made it. So, like, you're not gonna put down the responsibility because it'll become, what about my kids who are doing it? And I'm like, I just, I just met you yesterday. Right. So I'm like, whatever happened, I'm not saying it's your fault. I don't know. That's between you and whoever. So when you write your list, that's your business. But if you're not putting my name on it, I didn't cause you this. I'm here to help you, but you can't blame me now either. So, like, it's not, these aren't my children. I'm here to help. I want to help these kids, but don't put this. It's all, I've heard that line. It's up to you what happens. Uh, what? what, what? Yeah. Or, like, you're not going to put that on me now. Like, right. no, no, no. Like, you can get some people with that, but you can't get me right. with that. Like, no, no. <laughs> no, sir. So, I, trust me, I hear you. I deal. I see it every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It really is. So, I just, to answer your question, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I, I just, again, I feel for men and, you know, it, finding that balance. Like, when I went to rehab, and I can't remember if I wrote about this in the book as well, but the head doctor at St. Helena Hospital, she came in. You know, everybody's fucking tore back. I think I was on, like, day three of being clean. I was 21, and I'm in there with a bunch of older people. And she comes in, and she's, like, talking her thing and whatever and talking about alcoholism. And she's like, so what's the purpose of life? Everyone's, like, you know, shouting out different answers. Find happiness. You know, buy a house and white picket fence and success and she's like yeah okay well what does that mean like what what are we trying to achieve here and and for whatever reason i just spouted out the words balance yeah and she lost her shit she was like yes 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 and she started jumping up and down and she's like that's exactly it and i'll never forget that because it it's come up so many times where i'm like fuck you know yeah finding balance like where do we find balance between the body positive movement Right. And then saying, okay, well, you know, you've gotten to a point where you're recording all the fucking food you eat in a day and you're pushing body positive, which, by the way, is a movement that started within the fat black community, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And it's kind of fucked up because as a, a white woman, you know, I 
I had my own issues, right? And it, it even though it wasn't like, because women are subjectively way more um, predisposed or predispositioned to fat issues, if you will, right? Or surrounding health, so having to do with uh, endometriosis, um, PCOS, women are 70% more likely to develop um, autoimmune disease and thyroid issues like hyperthyroidism, Hashimoto's, and all that, or uh, lipedema, and lipedema only affects women, and that's actually called the fat disease. Yeah. You know, and you see women when they're really skinny up top, then they've got like those pipes for legs and there's no ankle. I've, yeah, I've only seen about it from Instagram the past three, four. I didn't know what that was until seeing people women talk about it on instagram i yeah. had no idea yeah like they literally no matter what the fuck they do they cannot lose weight and uh it's 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 sad so you know you never know what someone is going through but at the same time you know you're like well fuck you know where do you draw the line and take responsibility and make some changes in your life True. you know because legit you 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 be positive and enjoy your life and keep eating all that food, but your organs are not healthy. You're not happy, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, again, it's like finding balance and everything, right? So with men, it's like being able to find balance. Cause you know, there's this one guy who I started, who I was supposed to actually have a session with and he didn't show up because he's like, Oh, I, I can't make it that far from work to the airport and like why the fuck didn't she say something (laughs) but anyway he likes to be financially dominated and i'm like okay well and he had had a few drinks and was texting me and i'm just like i don't feel right like it doesn't feel good i'm like dude why and and, why are you why are you doing this to yourself and then he was you know calling his wife fat I'm like, is she, you guys have kids? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, she gets a hall pass. Absolutely. All right? I was like, and what about you? And uh, he's like, yeah, I know. I, da, da, da. And I said, man, why don't you fucking take that money and invest in your health? Like, go get a coach. Hire me as a coach. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and be like, send me your money. Like, that's, that's not what I want to hear. And so where you find balance between, you know, enjoying your kink but also not to such an extent where you're not taking care of yourself. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool, you want to be financially dominated or you want to be fucking humiliated or whatever it is. But, right, are you being a leader in your everyday life? And that's, yeah. 100%. Because we, our society needs more men to step up and lead. You know, because there is something to be said about having that feminine and masculine energy you know and it's something i'm exploring as well because i i definitely lack the feminine energy i am not in flow i am not in the creative zone i'm not in that nurturing mode i'm even though i'm you know very approachable and caring but i'm i'm very masculine in the sense because uh which is evidently so i've been told you know, from childhood, because I had to raise myself, you know, I grew up with an alcoholic mother, so I was always in control and making decisions, and so that is a masculine energy, because all we are is energy at the end of the day, Yeah. period, even this table that your computer is sitting on, right, you blow it up, they're, you know, all oscillating fucking plonks and, (laughs) you know, 
atoms and way above shits way above my pay grade. Me but, too, me too. Yeah, dude. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. And I know we could talk, but I, I know you have you have a session coming up. <laughs> so I, I I'm always I'm just so appreciative that we were able to do this and talk. And I hope this isn't the this is the first, but hopefully not the last because a, I enjoy just and have so much appreciation for the way you've impacted me and how you've really helped my life. And I, I'm dead serious in saying that. So I just wanted to uh, to say thank you and thank you, KO, for being on the show. And that's After Hours Sessions. Take care. <laughs>